You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hi, I'm Mark Hill, and this is the segment, the podcast. I believe in human's potential, that the ultimate expression of oneself is achievable. And we all have that urge, that need to progress and become better. And I feel that the trail can help us do that. Whether it's overcoming fears, learning from mistakes, taking calculated trail risks, or building those long lasting friendships. It's all progression. Join me as I speak with folks who are moving from the ordinary to the extraordinary, and let's catch them on their journey towards the KOM of their life. Welcome to the segment. Let's go. Hey, what's happening, senders? Welcome back to the segment podcast. This is episode 60 with my special guest, Tommy Huynh and Mario D of the Reckless Writers. And in this story, we get into Tommy's um, background and story. And man, what a great story it is. It actually goes down a path that you wouldn't think that uh, Tommy had been down, but it ends up being in the path which we all know him today as the owner of Monarch 9 and one of the main guys of the squad, the Reckless Riders, and what he's doing to influence the youth that might be taking um, different paths out there that are having negative consequences on their decisions. Um, so shout out and kudos to what Tommy is doing out there, and also Mario D in having a similar type of background, but what he's doing today to help himself uh, get to the next level when it comes to entrepreneurship. But before we get into the episode, I do always love to say thank you to the sponsors and supporters of the segment show. Thank you so much to Tasco, Tasco MTB Apparel, made from mountain bikers for mountain bikers. If you are needing any kind of gloves, shirts, hats, or these amazing scout shorts from Tasco, click on the link in the description box below and you will get um, not a discount, but you will definitely be supporting this show for this segment, and I really appreciate that if you do. Also, special thank you to Afton Shoes. If you see me out on the trails, I'm riding those new Coopers from Afton, and I do, do love them. Very supportive, anti-weeping, very casually technical, as they say, and uh, the shoes are great for both flats and clipless. If you do need to purchase some mountain bike shoes, use promo code SENDER10 at aftonshoes.com and get 10% off your purchase. Also, thank you to YT Industries for your support of the segment podcast. Um, YT Industries is providing me with the Jeff C Core 4. If you see me out on the trails, you will see uh, this last year's model of the Jeff C Core 4. And I am having such a blast on that bike. That bike is so good. Also, a special thank you goes out to Goop Industries. Uh, goopindustries.com. Find yourself without a flat if you're carrying yourself a Goop can. It has both CO2 and slime all in one. 
promo code for goopindustries.com is senders20. Right now, if you put in senders20, you get 20% off of your purchase. Special thank you also to Spy Optic for covering my eyes both on and off the bike. If you're looking for new shades for the spring into the summer or a set of new goggles while you're out on the trails with their foundation goggles, use promo code SENDER10 and get 10% off your purchase. Last but not least, thank you so much to Better Bolts. BetterBolts.com. If you do need to upgrade the bolts on your bike, please consider BetterBolts.com and use promo code THESEGMENT10 for 10% off your purchase. Again, that's THESEGMENT10 for 10% off of your purchase. And thank you so much again to the supporters of the show. And folks, if you do want to support the segment, people have been asking me about segment merch, and I do have segment merch. It's slowly starting to get out there. But if you want to take a look at what I have, go to thesegment.store. Again, that's thesegment.store. That'll take you to the segment store. And uh, if you see anything you like, feel free as a listener to put in sender10, the promo code sender10, and get 10% off your purchase. All right, folks, without further ado, let's get into the story with Tommy Huynh and Mario D. And uh, hope you guys enjoy. It was a great, great story. See you guys on the other side. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 60 of the Segment Podcast. I'm out here with Joey Yates, Uncaged MTB, and we have some great folks backstage for you. You guys have probably all seen uh, the YouTube of the Reckless Riders, Tommy and his crew just going big. And, uh, you know, it's uh, Tommy, it's Big Booty Chris, it's Mario. Um, those guys are awesome. And Adam is with them. And uh, But tonight we have Mario and we have Tommy. And really wanted to just dive into who are the Reckless Riders and specifically try to gain some motivation, inspiration uh, from these boys. Um, so we'll be bringing them out in a few seconds. But man, Joey, look at all the folks we have in the audience already. I love this. They're already back there waiting. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. But uh, I mean, look at what's up to Timothy Haley. Happy belated birthday to you, bro. I know uh, this was your birthday this weekend. Look who else is on the line. Mr. Podium is here. Nice. Way to go, Blair. Yeah. Congratulations, Blair, at Velocity today, taking third on on the race day. Air Blair, the legends, Tommy and Mario. This is going to be a good one. Welcome aboard. We got Alpha MTB. What's up, Alpha? Alpha's out here. Um, Always good to see Alpha. And check out Alpha MTB's new logo. I love that logo. That's great. That that is pretty sick. Um, We also got... Hunting Steeps in here. He says, hello, everyone. Nice, man. I like that picture of the sunset. Um, we got Crisco Bike. What's up, Ace, out of Idaho? Welcome, welcome, welcome. And Craig, what's up? MTB Raging. So funny story about Craig. In the Vail races today, he was racing the e-bike division, and he dropped in on his stage and was pedaling down. I think it was – remind me, is it was it Rocky Top or was it – ladders your first your first stage and he was just pumping through and uh he's like damn the bike feels heavy the bike was off <laughs> 50 pounds of decoy oh man shred- shredding down the mountain <laughs> but, yeah he found a safe spot to pull over and pu- turn that puppy back on he was back in it uh man 
Chad Conrad, what's up? What's up? Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. So, Joey, man, you and I have seen a lot of the Reckless Riders videos. These guys freaking send it. And what you guys see on screen, if you don't live in this area, what you see on screen is gnarly. But when you go yeah. to the actual place, I mean, Joey, tell them, what's it look like? It's nuts. So every week I, when I watch their videos, it's like, no, nah, I can't go more than this. And then the next week they do something even crazier. It's like, <laughs> yeah. these guys are nuts. I love it. Love it. I love, love it. it. They're always they're always sending great stuff, and then uh, we'll talk about too uh, Don Zabo's crash. If we can get into that, that'd be, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, that was uh, Zabo can't sleep on the trails. I know. Yeah, <laughs> that was scary. That was super yeah, scary. Was nuts. What's up, Frankie? Good to see you, Frankie. All right. So without further ado, let's bring on the first guest of the Reckless Riders. Let's bring out Tommy, shall we, Joey? All right, throwing him on. <laughs> Yo, Tommy. What's up? What's up, baby? Good to see you, man. Likewise. My voice is kind of messed up, so I apologize. I'll do best I can today. Tom, Tommy's been great, you guys. He he uh, was feeling under the weather, uh, but uh, wanted to still make the show go on tonight for all you guys. So, uh, Tommy, thank you for being here, man. Always appreciate you. For sure. For sure. So, Glad to be here. So, Tommy... Um, Business is good. The restaurant's doing good. For those of you who don't know, Tommy owns Monarch 9, which is some delicious Vietnamese food. And it is actually the number one base. I, if you look at ratings for Vietnamese restaurants, Tommy's restaurant is number one in Orange County, which is unheard of. That is like so hard to do. I don't know how many restaurants you had to beat out to take that top spot, but congratulations to you on that, brother. Thank you. Like fun, fun fact, um, Orange, Orange County has the most Vietnamese restaurants in the world outside of Vietnam. So wow. it's a huge, like huge honor to like be nominated as best Vietnamese restaurant. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. And the food is so damn good. <laughs> so good. I ate there like three months ago for the first time and it was actually my first time ever eating Vietnamese food and I'm hooked. <laughs> it's so healthy and so good. It's it's fun because Monarch Nine. If you guys have eaten there, you know how good it is, and you know that it doesn't matter if you're 50 miles away, 100 miles away, 150 miles away. If your car is somewhat in the vicinity of Monarch Nine, <laughs> you're always looking at how you're going to be able to make a stop there and get some of that delicious food. And uh, I mean, most of the time, if you go out there, Tommy is there, and you get to yeah. to say hi to Tommy, uh, get a pic with Tommy, and and uh, talk mountain biking while you're eating some amazing food. It's awesome! <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. Every day, except for today, like today's actually probably the first day I've missed I, I, that I could remember. I, I've never missed a day of work, but today I wasn't feeling well, and it wasn't that I couldn't work, but I just didn't want to go in work if I'm sick. Just I didn't want to spread anything, so. I just stay yeah. home. Yeah. Yeah. Taking precautions. That yeah. is awesome. Just to be safe. Yeah. Man, Re responsible. Good, good choices. <laughs> good paths to take. Always good. Uh, MTB Rages says his shaken beef spring rolls are the are mind blowing. Dude, I know. I also shaken beef with extra beef, you guys. Good lord. After a good ride. That is that is dang good. Um, so Tommy, let's um you obviously you have this successful restaurant and um, you're doing so good on it, but how crazy was it when the pandemic started? Did it highly affect your business? Like, yeah. like most other businesses? Big time. I think, or 
our sales um, revenue, like it got the first month got cut more than fifty percent. Like holy cow! Yeah, it was a huge like it infected us like so bad, and because uh, we were always the restaurant before that. I would say like 95% of our business was dining and we had very, very, very little takeout. And when the pandemic first hit, they shut down all the restaurants. So we could only rely on takeout. So it, it, that first month, it was so bad, but then eventually people started, you know, doing takeout and it really helped, but definitely the mountain biking community was a huge, um, they supported us big time. Um, a lot of times the guys would show up and, um, you know, sometimes I'll just eat in the truck or whatever. We didn't have the patio set up at the beginning. Like the, it took me like about a month, about a month to get the patio set up. But then some guys would go riding and then just um, like eat on the tailgate of the truck or whatever. So it was really cool to see the mountain bike community like come and support. Obviously, since then, I get like a ton of mountain bikers that come in and help support it. Um, when I first opened up, I didn't even never really talked about the restaurant for whatever reason. Like I just, I felt really weird. Like I felt like kind of like tacky if I were to like, like throw out my business on my mountain biking channel. But mm -hmm. a lot of people kept telling me, it's kind of like, you're stupid not to do that. Like, cause you have a, you have a restaurant you want people to try it. And if you have a platform, you should, you know, advertise on it. Yeah. And you'll be surprised. I mean, that was really, really good advice. It's actually the, um don he's the owner of um he owns a motocross magazine and he was just eating there and he heard my voice i was talking to the table behind him he turned around and he waited for me to finish it and he's like are you tommy from youtube I'm like, I'm like yeah so dude i heard i recognize your voice but i don't know what you look like <laughs> he's like, i never knew what you look like because i only hear your voice through the oh the, the pov the, shots yeah yeah because back 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 in the day early on in my videos i, I never talked to the camera petrified of stuff like that you know so i just it was always point of view you oh, know wow. yeah wow. so yeah but he was one of the the first people that told me and encouraged me to like advertise i think your food is so bomb and you, you need to you need to advertise you know yeah and and what did you do how did you advertise when you well actually before we start dropping into the to the to this part of the show i definitely wanted to bring on mario because you can't drop in solo on these yeah. shows, but I also wanted to say thank you so much to MTB Raging. Uh, you got a $9.99 super sticker coming in from MTB Raging. He says, OC Local Businesses. That is uh, Craig Atkinson, who uh, just uh, hooked you up with some some money there. So uh, that'll be coming your way. We also got, uh, oh, Arizona is in the house. Right and Dirty is here. Eric says, yo, 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 what up, broski? So uh, awesome writer. This guy, Eric, is is so is so cool. Uh, we got producer Debbie Keo is in the house. What's up? What's up, y'all? Good to see you. And the bomber crew, the big, big bomber crew is here. They need to go check out the restaurant. Dude, Tommy, how many seats do you have at the restaurant? Because the bomber crew comes out big. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, got like we, we, we have quite a few now with the patio open. We, we, I've had like pretty large parties in the patio. Like, I've done a couple of different baptisms, birthdays, and stuff like that. But we could fit about 50 people in the patio. There and you about, go. Probably like 50 to 60 people inside the restaurant. There so, you go. So over yeah. 100 people. Yeah. Bomber crew, bomber crew. You guys could fill up that whole place, man. After <laughs> a ride, you got you got to check it out. I promise you, you will thank us. You will thank us later. Um, let's bring in one of your squad mates, uh, Mr. Mario, to to help you drop into this episode. Mario, 
Let's bring you up here. What's hey, up, Mario? Man. Good to see you, bro. Uh, thank you, man. Mario. Welcome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What's happening, brother? Dude, so obviously I'm a big fan of the show, right. um, of, of the Reckless Riders and, and what you guys do and your skill set. <laughs> and uh, it, it's it's freaking amazing awesome. what you guys do. And by the way, how is your, I think it was your finger. Was it, Tommy, was it his <laughs> finger? <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, we're good. You know, we're good. Still, uh, that take the longest, but it's part of the game. You know, battle yeah. through it. So, yeah. Thanks. I mean, seeing it on the trail on camera and then having you pedal That's out uh, there was like, holy, holy cow, Mario. <laughs> I mean, that trail was, that was, that was gnarly. What was that trail, Tommy? Where were you guys at? We were in uh, we were in LA, uh, Area Fifty One. Oh yeah, when okay. he dislocated his finger, it was na it was nasty looking, dude. I was like, well, I want to throw up when I saw that shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what to do. That was free. Yeah. I didn't know what to do. I was in shock. That shit was fucked up. <laughs> oh god. Feel the pain Yeah, that looked like it. That looked like a long day, man. You had to. Yeah. You had to. Get out and get to the hospital and get it all fixed up and deuces. Yeah, I got my nickname that that day. <laughs> deuces. He left, man. Mario, what happened? I think it. I think his call me had dropped, but okay. um, but yeah. So Mario, we'll get Mario back on the show. Uh, Tommy, Bomber Crew says, "Let's do it. Let's do it." Should I mean literally, Tommy? These guys. It's a veterans group, and they roll big, like fifty to a hundred people. Um, maybe should they call up ahead of time if they're bringing a big squad? Well, yeah, ideally that'd be best. That, that way I could, I could reserve like the tables together, whatever. Yeah. Sure. Like if there's a big group. Yeah. It'd be best. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I hope you guys, uh, you know, they're so organized, the Barmer crew, they'll have like a, a group right somewhere and they most likely will just reach out to you and say, Hey, we're coming up this Saturday. It's right here. We're coming to you right afterwards or something like that. So, um, that would be awesome. 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 And uh, let's see who else do we have. So oh, here's Mario. We got Mario back. Bringing Mario back. Oh, there he is. What's up, Mario? I forgot to pay my Wi-Fi bill. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you said you said I got deuces is my nickname, and then you I left. Using, I thought I you were saying using goodbye. That, the, my neighbor's hotspot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the neighbor's oh, hotspot. <laughs> Sorry about that. No worries, yeah. brother. No worries. Oh, it's man. awesome. So that day when you when you dislocated your fingers, did you know right away that something uh, was off, something was wrong? I, you know what? I did not. I had so much adrenaline. The only thing is, I just followed in as usual. I was riding blind, um, just trying to keep up with the squad as usual. You know, that's what makes you better, right? And yeah. um it just it was probably at that moment a little out of my skill set i've been to haynes um i just never been down that part before and it just like i said it just but it was okay i don't blame nobody you know no regrets yeah yeah, yeah no you're a talented writer man when when i see you guys go down I'm like, well, I'll check that off my list. I'm not going to be going there anytime <laughs> soon. <laughs> I definitely learn from every bad crash, though. Like I said, I mean, I'm new to this sport. I'm familiar with bikes all my life, but to this enduro thing, you know, I think it all to the regular rider, the solid, 
you know, solid crew. Owe it all to them, of course, definitely. Dang, I would not have guessed that you were new, new to the sport or newer to yeah, the sport. Good grief. Yeah. But you know, I I also know I rode with Tommy at, at um Summit last season and I got one day in with Tommy, but he's such a great teacher. He'd always tell me like everything that was gonna come up, like kind of the speed that you need. And if you could see that I was <laughs> doubting myself, which was majority of the day, he <laughs> Time to be like, all right, let's just go look at it, man. Let's just go look at it. <laughs> exactly. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm big on that because I'm like the type yeah. of guy that I like to look at stuff. I need to be comfortable. Chris is more of the guy that likes to try stuff, just do stuff on the fly. Look, just go go blind. I, I just can't. Do, I've, I've heard myself so many times following Chris on stuff that now like, I just want to make sure that Especially if I'm riding with somebody, I want to make sure they don't get hurt on my watch, you know. So I'm like, I just always play it safe. It's just always better safe, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I love that. You guys are progressing like crazy by by that. And I know, you know, the title it says "Reckless Riders," and sometimes I think people get the wrong idea when they're seeing the videos because they just see how you guys send things, but they're not there when you're actually filming and and taking the safety precautions and really taking in information. Yeah. So I mean, I love that you guys do that, but uh, yeah, love and the, the videos are just so sick. Mario, how long have you been writing? Uh, three years. Three years, dude. Good three lord. Years, Dang. Definitely progressed a whole lot. Like I said, um, we tried you know safety first, of course, and everything. But once you're out there, you got the adrenaline. You know what you know your skill set is, and sometimes you have to just push it. And you say it's just part of you know it's part of the game, but. You will not progress, I'll tell you that much. You will not learn. You will not learn just by not, you know, letting them hang and going for it sometimes. Yeah. No, you're right. Definitely. You got to see what you're made of and then push it safely, you know, but push towards the end of that of that safety zone yeah. so you can progress, which you guys are doing yeah. all the time. And um, now how how did the Reckless Rider squad become what, what it is today? Did Did it start with you Tommy or did it start with Chris or how did it all get together well uh, basically that's kind of like my thing but so all my all the guys I ride with all people that pretty much I met through the sport Mario I met at my restaurant like he came in after he rode uh, I want to say Greer or somewhere and he stopped by to say what's up I know that I I I saw Mario or his buddy at Summit once or something, but I met him officially at my restaurant, and um, and we 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 went out a ride. I mean, I met a, but, but Chris I met at um at Mount Wilson. Like pretty much everybody that I that I that I, that I ride with or guys, most of them that I met riding, you know. God. And so like it's it's more than just like, you know, it's just like. You, you just click with certain people. Like Marlon's like a brother to me. Like the guy's cool as hell. And we have a lot of yeah, things in common. Just, like, just in we, three years. Yeah. 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 Just in we three years, it like, feels like you know, it feels like ten. Yeah. We talk about a lot of personal shit, yeah, but definitely. I used to live in Long Beach. Marl is in San Pedro, so we used to do a lot yeah. of carpooling mm-hmm. back then. So we would have a lot of hours in the car just shooting yeah, the shit. So, yeah. Yeah. God. Yeah. God. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, MTV Desert Rat is saying here, no carbon parts are safe with these dudes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. It's, it's been a few months. When it comes to that, uh, are you are you guys, what, what's your thoughts on the carbon parts? Are you guys going to change it off of carbon or are you guys going to stay with carbon? Well, I'll, I'll go first and Mark can make his, he can say whatever he, he wants to say, but with me, like, I'm okay with carbon. I've, I've cracked now, like, I think four carbon frames. Whoa. Um, and I cracked four carbon rims. Um, I was over carbon rims before. Just to, like, I cracked so many. Um, and I've been off of them for, like, three years now. I got back on them. Um, I kind of knew getting back on them, I'd eventually crack them. But even when I was riding aluminum rims i still would bend them and things like that with carbon rims i'm i'm still gonna ride them just because well one it's a lifetime warranty so i don't have to worry about that but two the way that they nice. fell it's not like it's not like an injury like they didn't explode or taco or anything like they cracked and basically mm. i was still able to ride out um but my day was done if i had an aluminum rim on that day i'm pretty sure it would same thing would happen it would have cracked um, might have even tackled. It was a really bad case. Um, same thing with the frame. Like I've cracked a bunch of frames, and 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 most of them I was able to ride for weeks after I cracked it, waiting for the warranty situation to be done with. Um, the bars, though, I've always got freaked out about bars, and I've never seen it break in front of me. But when I saw Mario's bars break, and mm -hmm. it, it, it sliced like the tip of his fingers, and if it would have got something like his arm or his chest or something it could have been way worse so yeah that always freaks me out and i uh, i'm not gonna do carbon bars in the future like i i don't know if i'm gonna go as far as like taking off the carbon bars that i already have on and putting on a little aluminum but i just i wouldn't upgrade to put on carbon bars in the future i don't think like i don't i don't really feel comfortable anymore. yeah but that's just not my personal thing you know yeah, no, that's that's good from your experience out on the trails, and you definitely put your bike through some some heavy stuff. And that episode was sketchy. Again, was that was that Area Fifty One where <laughs> that happened to Mario with the bars? Yes. Yeah. Bro, when oh my gosh, that like literally just snapped right off. If for folks yeah, you who should haven't have heard the noise, the noise was amazing. Was it was it loud? Yeah, loud. it was loud. It was holy loud. holy it was loud. cow! And I had I forgot my gloves at the bottom of the car too. I had no gloves. Mm -hmm. oh, but it was man. loud. Yeah, it was loud. Man. Love you for yeah. They warranted the um they were envies M7 had that. Still snapped. Dang. Now you were you were going off of the jumps and, and after the rains, it looked like the trail builders there or who are awesome. They built those jumps up. So they were big. And did you when you hit the way that you hit, did it, did you feel, was it a heavy impact or did it feel like a normal type of casing or? Um, no, instantly I already knew I had just jacked up. Well, um, about two weeks prior to that, I had seen the new features. I went with one of my other buddies and I, I hit them, not clean, they were ugly, but I hit them without, you know, without casing. And this time, I just happened to get confused, and I'll just—I mean, prior to that, like five minutes prior to that, we had just sent them off, right? Um, when Tommy cracked his rim, 
I had cleared all of them and then we went back up to session and put the cameras on and something just, I'm good for that. You can ask Tommy, I, you know, my mind is all over the place. <laughs> and I just got confused on it. I just sketched out and feathered out. And I, I knew it was in my front casing, front casing, a lot of pressure on the, on the front um, suspension, snap the bars. Dang. Yeah. Man, I'm, I'm so glad that where it broke, it didn't get part of your arm as your arm was. Like I, I was worried about the neck more than anything. Food or not, the neck was exposed. Oh, yes, I've heard stories with the arm. I know. Oh, jeez, yeah, that, that, yeah. that that would have been awful. Nasty. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's, it's just even like when I uh, was like grabbing his uh, bars and and moving it, like it just I felt it's super sharp, like those. The little the the carbon fiber yes, when it breaks, yes. it's like freaking like razor sharp. It's so damn. sharp. I was like, damn. damn. Like it kind of if yeah, if it's gonna you'll it'll cut you like so yeah. so easily. It's super wow. sharp. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it surprised me how sharp it was. Yeah, yeah. that would be sketchy. But Mario, are you thinking did you now did you go um, back to carbon after that? I after since they warranted them, they're actually in route now in the mail, but everything's back ordered. So my local shop did do that for me. I don't know if I'm gonna throw them back on, dude. Right now, a good buddy of mine uh, gave me some aluminums, some E13s, I believe. And um, you know, I mean, I don't feel a good difference. If you have a good front suspension, mm. you really don't need the carbon unless you're, you know, into weight. But nowadays, mm. I mean, I don't think I'll be going back to carbon, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's Not scary. Bars, at least. Yeah, that, that was, yeah. That was a good warning. Yeah, that was a yeah, good, good call on that. Good warning on that. Yeah, we have a lot of folks in the audience that are saying, I'm scared of carbon. I see Barmer Crew. I'm scared of carbon. Um, MTB Deseret said, says that was scary. Uh, no carbon parts are safe with, with um, like heavy riders. You know, it's just... Exactly. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, what about Big Booty Chris? What is, I know he's not on the show tonight. He couldn't make it, but what does he think on, on the carbon? Well, it's funny because he's he's uh, 100% against carbon rims. He's cracked so many too. So he's giving me shit about, you know, going, getting the carbon rims. But I always told him about his, because because my bike is only like, is about a year and a half and I've already replaced my bars three times just because I get freaked out. I have a couple of crashes and I'll just replace the bars. And he would always tell me like, I'm wasting my money. Why am I like getting new bars when I didn't, they're not cracked or anything? I got, I always know because I'm a freaked out that they're like compromised and they're going to snap and cut me bad. Yeah. And he always said, well, look how big I am. I'm like, you know, and I don't have a broken me, you know? So, and then when, <laughs> when, Mar when Mario broke his, his bars, I think that was, he was kind of freaked out because him and Mario the same, bars too. the same, the same ones. Oh, yeah. damn. Dang. Yeah. Dang. Um, Air Blair is saying here that uh, those segments that are clearing at Area 51 are unbelievable, scary gaps in person. Big, yeah. like really big hashtag. <laughs> That's what, <laughs> what Blair says. Alpha MTB is saying, I'm going to pass on the carbon bars as well. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, who knows? You know, that's maybe the safety of this. And this new thought process about it might save somebody out there for something that could happen. I mean, that was a close one, Mario, when when you yes, aired that yeah. on the show. It was like, holy crap. Um, I got a question for you, Tommy, real quick here. Yeah. Uh, Timothy Haley is asking, how are you liking them versus tires? 
Did you get those bad boys on? Uh, so basically, I just air them up on my rim, but I didn't put on my bike yet because I didn't swap over the what's it called, Kush core. Oh and yeah, I don't want to try to do it like myself and not get my not be able to get my tire and I can't ride tomorrow. So the original plan was to get it all done, but um. I might bring the the wheel and then try to do before the ride or maybe do after the ride. But I got the rim on the top on my my new rim, but I I didn't switch over to the Kush core. The Kush core is like super hard to put on, so yeah. I can't do it by myself. I've so, heard I've heard yeah. horror stories of that yeah. Kush core and people throwing their tires across the garage. Yeah, it's hard <laughs> to put on. I mean, you know how to do it. Like I've seen people do it and they they can knock it out in like 10, 15 minutes, but. I can't like I could spend three hours and won't be able to do it. It's just really hard. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, you have to let us know when There's you get those on. Yeah yeah. 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 It's a cool local brand, man. I'm stoked that you're that you're giving them a try. Yeah, for sure. I'm like that, pretty stoked to try them out. That that is awesome. Well, obviously everyone here is familiar with you guys. And uh Tommy, I wanted to take it back to um to a little bit to your childhood and up because people may not know that um, obviously we see you as a successful YouTuber. You got this great squad that we see you every Monday, Tuesday, doing some really cool things. You've got this great restaurant with amazing food. And uh, in talking to you and becoming your friend and knowing you, a lot of that you say is like choices and, and paths that you've taken, but it always hasn't been the best paths like back when you were a kid and i know you're big on trying to help the youth you know they may make a mistake here and there mm-hmm. but there's always an opportunity to turn it around um but let's go back a little bit to when you were a kid and kind of let us know how that tommy was coming up and and we'll get to the point where things changed sure so just a little background um, like so my parents came from vietnam in 1975 um like right before the war ended my father was like a high-ranking officer in the South Vietnamese army. So he was like fighting alongside the Americans against the North communist Vietnamese, um, the Viet Cong. So before the Americans decided to pull out of Vietnam, they knew that they had to pull certain people out with them for their safety. My father was one of them because he was a, he had like a big mark. Like if he would have stayed back, they would have killed him. Um, so he came to America with my mom. I was born in Utah, so my parents were sponsored by a Mormon family. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I was, um, I had a good upbringing. You know, I had a lot of love in the family. Like we were, we grew up like religious, and everything was good. But I had a lot of like, like I dealt with racism my whole life. Like I was, and 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 now that I'm older, I mean, I completely understand um, why I went through what I went through. It's just. I don't really blame the kids. I mean, they didn't know better. They're probably taught by their parents. And I believe that for there were valid reasons why their parents were probably racist against Vietnamese people. Because back then, if you you remember or not, but back in the 70s, and um, the people were getting drafted to go to war, a war that they didn't want to fight. Mm. And people were dying. Like hundreds of thousands of Americans died in that war. It was a senseless war. And so... You know, in their eyes, like, and there were no Vietnamese in America back then, right? So, um, all that people knew about Vietnamese people were what they that what they saw in these movies, like war, Vietnamese war movies, 
um, and and the Vietnamese people were portrayed as like just really cold-blooded murderers or whatever. And the one thing that was kind of disappointing with all these war movies is like they all they always showed like the Americans fighting against the Vietnamese, but they never showed that it was the Americans alongside the South Vietnamese that fought against the North Vietnamese, you know? Mm, and I yeah. always found that like kind of like disappointing because like a lot of people don't even know that. Like my like a lot of my family members fought alongside the Americans against the North Vietnamese. So I dealt with a lot of stuff. I mean, I, I, I got so many fights as a kid. Like, and I learned, you know, like, unfortunately for me, I got like a lot of like positive, uh, a lot of positive feedback for my bad behavior as a kid. Like mm. I, I was a tough, like a tough little kid. Like I, I had an older brother and a lot of my friends were older. And, um, so I got in a lot of fights, um, and then and then in school, like I, w- I just never put up with a lot. So like I wouldn't like just let somebody pick on me or whatever. I would fight back. Yeah. And although I was small, I, I was I was I was a tough kid. So you know I I, I beat up a lot of kids, um, and I always got reckon like positive reinforcement from that. Like when we go to like family friends' homes um, in different towns. Um, they would always like my cousins or whatever. They always had me beat up the younger kids that they couldn't beat up because they were too too small. Like if mm. my cousin, let's say, is thirteen, and it was like an eight year old, they can't beat up a little eight year old. So he'll have me beat him up because I was eight years old, you know. So gotcha. I always Sen- got like Centomian. <laughs> yeah, they was say, hey, hey Tommy, like beat up this kid for me. He's like called me a gook or a nip or whatever, and that was like my trigger. And I was like, yeah, I'll tell him like where's he at, and then I would like that it's just bad like i just always had like bad like positive reinforcement for my bad behavior and kind of followed me up when i was eight years old um my father was diagnosed with cancer um and so he's diagnosed with leukemia and so we moved from utah to california because once my dad was diagnosed with leukemia he couldn't work anymore he was like in in and out of hospital um, so we moved to California for two reasons. One to be with his family, because all his family is in California. Um, and then two is there's better care, like uh, medical care for leukemia in California. Because the doctors in Utah had no, didn't know how to treat it. They never even had a leukemia patient in a hospital before. Oh wow! Um, so we we moved here for that reason. And then in California was a trip is like there's Vietnamese people here because in Utah there's like barely any Vietnamese people at all like pretty much we all knew each other my my father he was the president of he created a association he was a president of the Vietnamese Association of Utah so he created this nonprofit and what he did was he basically helped all the people the immigrants from Vietnam come over to America like do all the paperwork to get the green card and citizenship and all that stuff and he never took a dime for it. He always did that just for free. Like all like that's what he did. Um, and he's always about like community and things like that. So, you know, as I got older now, like I, I get why he did all that. I do my best to do what you know, in in a fraction of what he did, you know, I'll be happy. But um, so when we were in California, um, my grandparents really religious, they enrolled me into CCD. Um 
which is um, like a Catholic school to get my first communion. And um, as a kid, I, I didn't really understand like, like the whole um, like prayer and stuff like that. So like, like my dad would get the bread of life and I would ask him like, what, um, what is like after he eats it, what is, what is he like new and, and close his eyes. And so f- the best explanation my dad could, could, could tell me as a kid was that um, a prayer is like a wish. And that once I get my first communion, whatever I pray for that first prayer or that first wish is going to come true. Wow. So I I knew right then and there that my first prayer was going to be a cure for my dad's cancer. Oh, and man. I believed like wholeheartedly, 100% that it would come true. Um, I had class every Wednesday night. And um, my mom spent most of her, all her time at the hospital visiting my dad. Um, so she rarely ever took me to school, to CCD. I rode my bike almost every week. Um, even in the rain, I rode my bike. And I remember the teacher pulling me to the side one day and like freaking out because I was soaking wet when I got there. She was wow. like, don't ever ride your bike. Like, I'll pick you up. But um, I was like, I was um, kind of embarrassed because we grew up like a really ghetto like apartment. So yeah. I didn't want to see where I lived. Mm-hmm. But my mom was fine. Like, it's not a big deal. But to me, like going to CCD was like such a, like, a, um, it was a safe space for me because I felt better because outside of in normal public school, I was like that punk ass kid. And the um, like I was, so again, going back to like positive reinforcement for my bad behavior, like I was super popular at my elementary, junior high. Um, and I was a like the bad boy, you know, got into a lot of fights and I was not a bully, definitely not a bully. Like I, guys that tried to bully me when I first moved to, cause I went from Santa Barbara, from Utah to Santa Barbara with my grandparents. And then from there we moved to Orange County. Um, we got our little apartment when my dad was able to, to afford like something small. We were on welfare. Um, we got a tiny little apartment, like it was two bedrooms. Me and my brother shared a room and my mom, uh, my sister and my dad shared a room. And um, we, so when I first got into the apartment, like I had to beat a lot of kids up to kind of prove myself. Like there was a lot of, you know, like people try to pick on me, whatever. And uh, so I, I kind of got a lot more positive reinforcement for, you know, being a, being a tough guy, whatever. Like I had like, you know, for a reason, you know, girls like bad boys. And that's something like, I want to make sure that my daughter does not like, like do that when she gets older. Like, I, you know, so, so basically like um, when for three years, like the CCD is going on for three years, um, my dad's health is, you know, up and down, up and down. And every night I pray for my my dad to hang on until I get my first communion. And basically, um, so the crazy thing is, um, goes on for three years. I visit my dad on my 12th birthday. At this time, he's like in really bad shape. He can't even talk at this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and And my first communion is about a week away. And then um, I just like tell him, just hang on, like you know, you're gonna, you're, um, you're gonna make it for my first communion. And he's in a hospital, like he's in intensive, the intensive care unit at the hospital. Oh, this, at oh this damn! Time. 
Yeah. And um on the wall he had he had a the drawing that I made for him like on the wall of his hospital bed. Oh. The night before my first communion, I'm praying like thank God for keeping my dad alive and I know tomorrow once I get my first communion, you're gonna cure his cancer. And as crazy as that sounds, I believed it hundred percent that that would come true. A few hours later, about three o'clock in the morning, the phone rings. It was the hospital, oh. and my dad passed away. Oh man! I was, oh, like I was. I mean, it woke me up. I heard my mom crying. My grandma. My grandma wasn't over at the time because of our first communion. I heard him crying, and, mm. and they didn't wake us up. I was already awake. Like, and then they rushed to the hospital. They didn't say anything to us. But that night, that moment, I, I I literally just lost all faith in God. Like I just, I just didn't care. I didn't believe anything that I was taught was true anymore. Like I just mm-hmm. felt like the, the God that was taught about this loving Father, this, you know, this forgiving Father, and all these things that I was taught, I just couldn't. I didn't believe it anymore because he, this God just took away my dad the night before. I thought that he would be cured. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think Damn. once once that happened, I kind of I when when you don't have like like that part of your life, I'm not saying that somebody that doesn't have a god or a religion is a bad person, but I would say it's easier to be a bad person if you don't have God in your life, and that's what happened with me in like a very short period of time, um, from the age of 12 to the my dad died when I was 12. And by the age of 15, I was locked up, you know? Wow. And I was like on the streets um, at like, you know, I want, I want to say like 13 or 14 years old. Like the crew that I was rolling with, we carried a gun with us, you know? Dang. Yeah. A full on gang style, huh, Tommy? Yeah. I was like, I was, and I've always hung out with older guys. Like that was just me. And my brother's two years older than me. So I hung out with like, like older guys, like his his age and stuff. Um, and I was involved in a gang-related shooting. Um, I didn't pull the trigger, but I was in the car. Um, and I uh, so I, I, I went in. I served five years. Um, I went to juvie first, and then I got sent to CYA. Um, and I think in there, was I, it was like such a huge bl- blessing to me because like prior to getting locked up, like I had a really really bad toxic relationship with my mom like we really talked that she just always talked down on me and mm-hmm. i completely understand why i was always really a fucked up son like somebody that she, you know she wasn't proud of and i didn't i didn't believe she loved me or whatever and i just felt sorry for myself and i just just had a lot of hate in my heart you know mm-hmm. and um, when i was locked up she would visit me and she never missed a visit and unfortunately so me and my brother got busted for the same crime. So she would visit me and she would visit my brother. Like we're both in juvie together. Dang. She had Dang. to split up her time. And my dad's passed. Like wow. so she's grieving on my dad's pass passing and then she's visiting both of her sons. It was really tough. And you know, that was when the first time I realized my mom loved me because she never missed a visit. And there was a lot wow. of kids there that didn't get visits, like a lot of them. Wow. And I was one of the few that got visits every time. And it was, it was a blessing because I got to sit, like, during visiting, like, you sit on a bench, like, the parents sit on one side of the bench and the inmates sit on the other side of the bench. And you're forced to just look at each other and talk, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that's something that people don't do these days, you know? True. Um, 
So it was like a it was a it was a true blessing that I basically amended my relationship with my mom and wow. um, and uh and then and I had like religious visitors come in and originally I would just go to these Bible studies to get out of the get out of the room basically, you mm. know. But then once I would go to these Bible studies, there's something in me like that I had pushed away for the last few years, like kind of opened my heart back up to God and to realize like, you know, like, cause I think for a few years, I just kind of felt like this was my destiny. Like I was destined to become a criminal. I was destined to become this punk ass that was going to be locked up for the rest of his life. And then what one moment I just felt like, you know, like, like this was all meant to be, you know, and um, just, just how my life kind of turned upside down. I could turn my life back wow. in a good way, you know? So, Do you remember that moment when you felt that? When you felt that thought, I don't want to. I can't really say that there was a, a moment, but I do remember that there was a guy. His name was Gus. He was an inmate, and I always told him, like, I can't believe that you're you used to be a gangbanger, you know, because he's such a such a like good person, like like a he had such a good heart, and I always told myself, like, I can't wait till the day that when I tell somebody I I was locked up there, don't believe me. And that's the thing now, like everybody that I tell now, they can't believe that I was locked up. So it's pretty crazy that, I mean, I don't, up until recently, I really didn't talk about it, you know, just like only my really good friends and stuff like that knew about my past. But, you know, I think now that um, I kind of have a platform, I kind of want to like as as much as I feel uncomfortable talking about it, I put it out there because I think there's there's a lot of good that can come from my experience, you know. Like, absolutely. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Holy cow, Tommy! I mean, to have your father ripped away, you know, from you at the age of twelve, just before your first communion, and I mean, that would send that would be tough for every single person that yeah. that's here tonight, but to have it happen to you at that time. And then for you to go like all chips in, you know, on, uh, on the bad boy, Tommy. And a lot of folks seem to go down that road. And I know you're back into juvenile hall as uh, sometimes as a lecturer, or as a motivator for these kids. Cause not everybody gets that moment where they feel like is as quickly as I turn my life upside down, I can therefore turn it right back up. Yeah. And and I love that you do that. How how does it feel when you're going into those places talking to these kids? And do you feel that maybe you are helping tilt some of these kids from upside down to right side up? Yeah, definitely. The, fu the funny thing is like when I was locked up, I mean, we had volunteers come in and I always knew that one day I would come back and, and speak to the kids in there. Um, I always, and I, at one point in my life, I, th I thought I was going to be like a either a correction officer, probation officer, or work inside juvenile hall. That's what I wanted to do when I was in there. Um, and um, that's so, like, when I when I go in there, I kind of just, and there's different approaches that you could take, you know, with certain people. There are guys that come in there all hard or whatever and try to scare people. And I used to do that when I was, so when I was in YA, um, we had a program called Scared Straight. Mm -hmm. And when that program, they would bus a bunch of kids that are always getting in trouble and they would come in, in, in our little auditorium 
and there'd be like five of us or six of us, whatever. And then we basically like scare them straight or try to scare them straight, you know? Um, but I don't, I never like that like approach because I don't want somebody to not do something because they're scared of mm. the consequences. Like I kind of yeah. want to go with the approach of like, you know, they don't want to do it just because it's wrong, you know, or there's other ways of thinking about and your consequences of what you do is going to affect like the rest of your life. You know, I used to speak at a church when I got out. So crazy how life works, but that CCD, um, that teacher, I told you that like, saw you on the rain. and yeah. wanted it. She later became like director of the actual, the Catholic school. Wow. And one day I was at church and I guess she saw me go up for my first communion. This was like a year or two after I got locked, uh, after I got out. Wow, and like she, this is six, she, seven she, years later. So yeah, so she, oh my God, like it's Tommy. She rec- she looked to see where I went back, like where I sat down after church, she ran over to me and started crying. And oh my God, I'm so happy you're out. And then so we always um, kept in touch. And every year I would talk, um, Every I'm sorry, every other year I would talk to the, the junior high kids that are graduating and going going to high school. And I would talk about my experience and, um, the decisions that I made and the friends that I chose to hang out with. And, you know, thank, thank, thank God for me. I didn't really get into drugs or anything like that, but I know the big problem nowadays is kids getting into drugs. So I mean, it could be anything, you know, but it's just, just like your, your choices as a kid. Like sometimes you don't really think, you don't think when you're a kid, you don't think about the consequences, you know? And I think it's, um, I think this is some, something important, like, unfortunately, um, the, we like for me as a parent like that's all i that's all i care about like i just want to make sure that they have <coughs> what I, what i didn't have yeah 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 no that's great tommy to help provide for them and uh help show them the right choices man for 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 you to have that and to go through that full circle is is incredible to to see you here and you definitely reach the point when you say that I used to be in juvenile hall, I used to be locked up. You're definitely arrived to the point where people are like, get out of here, Tommy, no way, no way. You know, we see the successful restaurant owner, uh, the successful YouTuber, the incredible squad that you have bombing down all these hills and in California, it's just amazing. But uh, now you're at a point where you have this platform where you're making an impact on these folks with your story it's so cool. Do you, yeah, do you like right now? It's, it's just a, a weird time where, you know, you got all this like hate towards police and that, that I, it's, it's so crazy. Cause I was one of those kids that would say F the police and this and that, you know, and it's so crazy now because like, I have so much respect for police and like, I actually, talk with the lieutenant of the Orange County Sheriff's Department. And we talk about doing stuff, doing something. There's just, there's a lot of red tape, but like I host the um, coffee with cops at my restaurant. I was doing that every year, but then since COVID, there's all these restrictions now that they can't really do it. Um, so I'm hoping that we could do it again next year. Um, but I have the utmost like respect for police officers, you know, and especially now with all this bullshit with the defunding the police and all that stuff, it just it just gets me so pissed off because you know it's just, it like we we need we need 
we need law, we need order, you know, we need police yeah. to, we have, we have laws for a reason, you know? Yeah. And um, I'm all about like prevention. Like if, if anything, like we need to put our, our time and resources into kids and hopefully reach them before they become a gang member, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, once they become, I think we lost Tommy. I think Tommy's internet's is going a little bit. Mario, did you know a lot of Tommy's backstory? Um, I did. I did. Like he mentioned earlier, um, we share some some history as I have the same past, so that it opened up a, a nice pathway just to you know to share some personal, some um, touching you know. Yeah. Feelings along with, you know, um, you know, variable, like, you know, a lot of close situations we've, we've shared, but I'm not, a, I'm not a father and everything, but he, he seems to be a real good dad. Yeah. Yeah. He's always talking about his kiddos and making yeah. sure that he's providing opportunities for them that he didn't have, which is, which is awesome. I, I love the fact that he talks about people in his life that really started to guide him towards bringing his right, his life back upright again. Um, it, it's cool. There was the teacher, obviously, that was in his life and uh, looking looking after him. I love the fact that uh, there was the mom when he was locked up. You know, she wouldn't miss a single visit. Yes. And and he had... fell into place just you know, naturally. Yeah. yeah. Like no distractions. Had it, Had a moment to really like see her talk with her connect and it, it sounded like he's talking about connection just people good people connecting with with him that's what it is things just turn around things turn around for the good you know everything we not necessarily regret what we did when we were younger kids but we just basically learned and prospered and you know made the best from them yeah yeah. Tommy, we were just talking, Mario and I were just talking about when you, you know, people make changes to to do things and, and make proper, you know, choices to help advance their livelihood, their life, their happiness. It seems like there's always like a connection, like there's somebody that comes into your life and kind of connects with you and kind of reaches, you know, and in and, and, and gets into your mind or, or somehow is able to get in touch with your heart that really starts to make those moves happen for the person. And it sounds like that connection is what happened to you both. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very, very, that's very cool. Do you remember the folks that were, you know, pivotal for you, Tommy, when you were going to the point of getting your life from upside down to right side up? Obviously we were saying yeah. how your mom never missed a visit, which was great. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Like, number one is my mom and I have a, an aunt who's like a second mom to me. But also there was like like the teachers and stuff. So there there's Miss Blucher was my fifth grade teacher when all the other teachers like didn't really like me. I got in a lot of fights when I was in like elementary and, and junior high. Um so the only thing that kept me from getting expelled at my junior high was a couple of teachers like Miss Blucher and then uh, Mr. and Mrs. Foster. Like they stuck up to me, stuck up for me because when my dad passed away. Like they just said, he's he's just acting out. Like don't don't kick him out of school. He's just like whatever. Um, but they kind of like they kind of believed in me. But when I was locked up, I had a 
a um he's like he's like a mentor i guess what you would call it but he was a um catholic um volunteer he came in every week every thursday night for bible study hmm. and um and uh sometimes it would just be me and him you know um but he came in every thursday night and i would be there every thursday night and uh, we became like really close um and uh he was actually my sponsor when i got con confirmed uh, no way you know? yeah wow yeah. Mm -hmm. so it's pretty it's pretty cool but I've always, I've, i have a, like a lot of people in my life you know thank god there's a lot of positive uh, a lot of now like i'm getting more positive reinforcement for my positive behaviors you know yeah, yeah. that that's that's great that's really good. And uh, had a question for you, Tommy. Alpha MTB is asking, um, Tommy, uh, what were you, or are you, or have you been, or will you be open to the kids about your past? I have a similar history, thankfully, not ending up in jail, but definitely lots of trouble growing up. Yeah, for sure. So I met another uh, mountain biker that came to my restaurant, and I believe like everything happens for a reason. But this was just a week ago, and he's we just ended up talking and he um told me that he is a teacher at a private school in Murrieta. um oh, and no i way. yeah and i told him that i would um does do they do any programs or anything like that like i would i would love to like kind of share my experience or whatever um if they have something like that and he's like oh for 100 percent," because he didn't ask me like i just kind of um kind of just threw it out there if they do anything like that you know and um he said yeah he's gonna he's gonna try to make it happen so i think like like i said before like this is something like it kind of just i didn't really talk about it too much through the last like you know 15 20 years um but uh i guess like i guess as my kids were i didn't want my kids to know about it but they both know now about my past um so now, like, it's not like that was really the thing that I always kept it a secret because I didn't want them to find out about me being like a, like a punk ass. And I was like, I always told them like I was a straight A student in high school and all that shit. Um, but uh, so now, like, I, I I feel like it. I I just hear so many people tell me that like I could help a lot of people by sharing my story. So um, as as much as I feel uncomfortable talking about it, like if I could help somebody not go through the same thing, then I'm like all hundred percent for it. You know, yeah, that's, mm -hmm. uh, that's really, that's awesome, man. That's super awesome. Um, Bomber crew say mad respect for Tommy. Heck yeah. Mad respect for both of you. Trail monster says, thank you for supporting us. First responders with a $20 donation to the show. Good Lord. Thank you. Trail monster. And, uh, and uh, Air Blair with the 1999 super sticker coming in uh, for you for your story there, Tommy. You were definitely talking. Thank you, Blair. And you were definitely talking about uh, the first responders before it cut out there. But you were yeah. saying you were hoping to host uh, the, the 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 boys and brass again for the coffees. But uh, you were starting to say something else that you were doing for the the folks out there, first responders. I know you've done stuff with the fire department. There was a sheriff yeah, you were talking to. Yeah, so I mean, like, on a weekly basis, um, my wife and I donate food to, like, there's, like, three three different fire stations all nearby my restaurant. So, um, you know, for us, like, we don't want to throw away food. So, like, when we have, like, leftovers and stuff, we always, like, 
pack, you know, a few different things and we'll go and um, deliver it to them. So they're always super appreciative. And um, it's, 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 it's something that we, um, we try to do like on a weekly basis and we do it with the sheriff's department too. The sheriff's department is like five minutes away from our restaurant. My restaurant has been broken in three times. Oh, and man. um <laughs> i know it sucks dude Jeez. but uh i know but you know it, it is what it is like um i have to try not to dwell on it but uh right. yeah yeah but it's great like you were saying um the whole you know defund the police and all that that movement is is so tough mm-hmm. when they're here to protect and serve and obviously you get a couple bad apples but they're not all that way and in fact my mm-hmm. best friend growing up was was behind the the he's in the blue you know so yeah. obviously good 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 people out yeah. there trying to protect and serve us which For is sure. which is so cool um we also wanted to i also wanted to ask you tommy so you're going through all these things but when did the whole restaurant idea come oh. to your mind like were you cooking this whole time or <laughs> how did yeah. like where did this, this come crazy, from because it's freaking crazy, delicious crazy, crazy story so like, so growing up, growing up, like I, so like growing, I had like a, a mix of friends. So I hung out more of like non-Vietnamese kids growing up, especially Utah. Obviously there was no Vietnamese kids. Um, but like when I moved to California, all my friends were mixed. Like I had, I did have Vietnamese friends, but majority of my friends were either white or Mexican or black. So just, just the neighborhood that I grew up with, that's, who lived in that area i didn't ever really see race like it was never a thing with me i think for me like being dealing with racism my whole life that's something that i just never really like wanted to i didn't see it in other people um so friends would always trip out on my mom's food um like how good it was and they always say like um i don't know what if i'm on with sorry how much i'm tripping out because I, I think my computer's back up but i wasn't sure like what um uh so when i was younger i told my mom that one day i was i would open a restaurant for her and and that's something like you i said it as a kid but i didn't ever thought that i would be able to do it you know so when i got out um i got my life back together I mean, I worked like dead end jobs. Um, there was a point that I was working three jobs and you have to understand, I grew up super poor. My mom, when my dad passed away, she went, she got herself through college. She took the bus to, sc- to go to school. Um, she, yeah, when we didn't have a car, like we were on welfare, like, you know, like um, it was bad. And she got, she got a job as a teacher's aide at high school. Oh, wow. Um, so, you know, we didn't have money. Uh, so, when I got out, like I, I worked like three jobs. I would help my mom with rent and everything. Um, and eventually I got into like the mortgage industry and I got in it right before the big boom. Like, um, and I did really well for myself. And then, so once I had the money to open up a restaurant that I did like, and so really the, the reason I opened a restaurant is, is mainly for my mom um, to like Vietnamese culture. Like, so the thing is like, Till this day, like our relationship is much, much closer and she does hug me and, and here and there, but she's still like, 
she does, she won't tell me she loves me when when I know that she does, but it's just something that like Vietnamese people just don't do much. Mm -hmm. Um more of a culture culture. It's a culture thing, but like she shows me her love by cooking for me. Like that's how Vietnamese people show love is cooking and feeding, you know. Mm -hmm. Um and so like she loves to cook um and all that. And so and that's something that I just wanted to do. My aunt, which is her younger sister at the time, had cancer. And it was stage four. Oh, and man. at that moment, like, I just felt like, you know, this is the time. Like, I have the money, I have the resources. My aunt's about to pass away. And uh, so, you know, my wife was, was all, all for it. And we had zero, dude, absolutely no experience with restaurant business at all. And no idea what we're doing. We just, we just, you know, I don't know if it's like God's will, whatever it was, like we just decided to do it and it, and it worked out. Like it was like the best decision that I made. Um, money is not great. You know, like we've never had like, unfortunately, like the first few years of any restaurants, the, it's really hard. You struggle. Um, and so the first three years were really hard. Um, and then by the third year, we started doing really well. And then the pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like a few months later. And it's been like two years of that shit right now. Yeah. So I had the restaurant for five years and we literally only had like a few months of good times. It's been like rough, errors, you know, but we've been, we get by, you know, it's not like we're losing money every month. It's not like that anymore, yeah. uh, but we're profitable. Uh, but, but the amount of, time and effort that we we put into it's it's just crazy like we're we're there all day every day Dang. you know yeah. yeah yeah but it's like it's one of those things that it's 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 uh it's it's rewarding you know mm -hmm. to see people's reactions like we meet like the coolest customers like we've we made so many good friends uh that are customers so it's like it goes beyond just a business you know it's just yeah yeah like lifestyle it's, it's, yeah just yeah. having people eat your family's food like it's it's all so the restaurant all the recipes everything on the menu is my family's recipes no so way is what, is, yeah. that's where that comes from oh dang. yeah so like my grandma passed it down to my mom my mom passed it down to me and to be honest with you i never cooked before so i learned how to cook once i opened the restaurant from my mom like it was crazy like a month before we opened up we're like cooking and it was fucking chaos because we didn't have the, my mom does not cook with measurements. So it's not like a cup of this, a cup of that. Mm -hmm. It was literally by taste and she never cooked for restaurants. So she never cooked at that scale. Cause when she cooks at home, it's like a small little pot of this small pot of that But restaurant. You had to cook a huge pot. So it was just really hard at first to cook. Cause it didn't taste like right before we opened, we started panicking because things didn't taste the way that it tastes at home. And finally, we just got it, like, so I had to write stuff down and get things right. And it's been good, you know, and it's been a work in progress. I, I would say our food is much better now than it was the first year because we were just, it were inconsistent, you know. Um, but it's been, it's been a, it's, it's been, it's been awesome. And for me, I think, like, my wife, she's a perfectionist. She stresses out when we get, like, super busy. Um, we really balance each other out because for me, like, I think for me, just everything that's gone in my life, I always feel like I feel comfortable when 
things are chaotic, I guess, kind of weird. But um, I kind of thrive under pressure. So um, it's good, you know, it's good for me. Like, I enjoy it. I love it. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's like telling me a lot about the mountain biking there too. Yeah. You know, thriving under sure. pressure, relaxing yeah. under stress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. I love the fact that, you know, you your mom, you bought the restaurant for your mom and your aunt. And your mom was it's like all the recipes that your family had. And your mm-hmm. mom shows her love by cooking and she's actually showing you love by teaching you how to cook. And yeah. like you get to share it with all of us who come out. Yeah and ride the mountain bike and then stop by the restaurant. She's like, like signaling, beaconing love now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And that's, that's the thing. Like I can see it in her and she, and she doesn't tell me that's the craziest thing. She doesn't tell me how proud she is of me, but she tells it to everybody. Like she tells my wife all the time. So it's really cool. Like I know, like I disappointed her my whole life when I was a kid. And so now to be able to make it up to her and have her be proud is like, it just means the world to me, you know? Yeah. yeah. I love it. Alpha MDB saying, is this show making anyone else hungry? (laughs) (laughs) So so we had a question from uh, Marty Octodad, who is out in New Zealand. And uh, I know they've got some great food out there. Marty wants to know, what is your signature dish? It looks like Joey's got it up here. Okay, so like definitely that's, that's pho. So it's probably one of our most popular dishes. Uh, Pho is a noodle soup and it's Pretty much everybody's introduction to Vietnamese food. It's like the hamburger of American food. So it's a noodle soup. Uh, most restaurants will use like a flank steak or uh, as their meat of choice. We use filet mignon. Um, but the big difference with our pho uh, versus the way that every, all the restaurants cook their pho is um, normally pho is made with onions, um, ginger, and and then uh, bones, the beef bones, and then they get the rest of the flavoring comes from a bouillon, which is like artificial flavoring. It's similar to like if you do like a cup of noodles, you have that packet of powder and you add it to water, and all of a sudden your water turns to ramen broth, you know. So that's how a lot of restaurants make their pho broth. For us, we we use the ginger, we use the onions, we use the bones, but we don't use the bouillon, we don't use MSG. All of our herbs that we add are all real herbs so we'll use real uh peppercorns real corner seeds fennel seeds we use cinnamon sticks uh licorice bark so all these things are like real and we boil the water we simmer for six hours to get all the flavor out it takes a lot longer to cook but you get a much more rich flavor um and it's it's more healthy because all the stuff in it has it's good for you it's a good for your immune system good for your um, digestive system. It's good for your bones. There's a lot of glucosamine and collagen and pho. So wow. it's, it's, I, I honestly believe it's a big factor in why I'm able to bounce back from injuries or crashes so quickly, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you definitely, I think you were fasting. If I remember right, you would fast and have like one meal a day. Are you still do? but when yeah. you eat, you were like, I see yeah. the table, a picture of a table full of food. I'm like, yeah. that's gotta be for the whole squad, Mario and Chris. <laughs> I mean, we'll be like, nah, man, this is this is all mine. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been fat. I've been eating one meal a day now for like five years. It's just, yeah. Uh, so before before the restaurant, I was actually really fat. Like I weighed 180. I think my peak was 189. Like I'm only five five, so that's a lot for a short dude, you know. Um, but 
I ate a lot of fast food before and things like that. And I had like I own a mortgage company, so I pretty much sit, sit on my ass all day at the mortgage company. Um, so I'll, throughout the years, I just gained a lot of weight. But with the restaurant, like eating eating there, um, healthy, and then fasting, and just transform myself, and obviously writing. But um, it's definitely it's pretty crazy when sometimes I look back at my old pictures, like how unhealthy I was wow. when I didn't think I was. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, that stuff sneaks up on you. I, I remember yeah. seeing your before and after pictures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. For the folks who may not know this, and we'll definitely bring Mario back on because Mario has, has got a product too that he's uh, putting out there and people are loving. Um, but Air Blair is saying that, now you had mentioned earlier your restaurant was broken into like three times. Obviously, it hopefully is never, ever going to be a mountain biker. Hopefully all of us mountain bikers are always there to support and have some great food. But Blair is saying Tommy offered one of the guys that broke into his restaurant a job. Is that for real? Yeah. So what happened was I actually wrote a, 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 a letter and I posted on the window. Um, because um, what happened was like we, we when, the, when the alarm went off, we had to drive down. I lived in Long Beach at the time. It's like an hour drive to get there and um i put the um i put the uh i like wrote a letter just if the, he came back like listen if you're hungry i'll feed you and break the window because i'm thinking why would someone break into a restaurant you know yeah um and i but but i sincerely mean that because i feel like you know i got a second chance in life and and just to give a little background i've i've hired a lot of people from prison that work in my kitchen um and and I have two people now that's with me, but over the years I've had like maybe ten. Um, and so these are guys that's you know I don't I don't like I don't really believe in handouts like, but I believe in like second chances and I believe to to give people the benefit of the doubt, you know. And I don't I'm not just gonna hire somebody just because they've been in prison and to do all that. It's more of they have experience in the kitchen or things like that. And they have a drive where they want to better themselves. Um, I'm hundred percent for that. And if I'm able to give somebody a job, get them off the streets or help them provide for their family without committing a crime, then I'm doing something good for them. And I'm doing something good for the community, you know? Hell um, yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah. It's not, it's not something I'd like to advertise because I don't want people like, again, not to, not to support my restaurant because I, I hire, you know, people from prison, but you know, it's just, I'm, there's something that I'm really proud that I do. Um, and, and trust me, we've had some issues with that. You know, we had a guy pull a knife on somebody in the kitchen. We've had fights in there. You know, when you're, when you've done a lot of time, there's a lot of like rules that people have. And you, when you grow up in there, like, it's a different life, you know? So some, some things can be triggering that people like that's never been locked up. They don't understand. Mm -hmm. And I see it now more than ever with like the internet, like these like trolls or like internet warriors. They just, they could feel free to talk shit or whatever and have mm -hmm. no consequences, you know? But like, you know, growing up in there, I think like respect is a big thing. Um, so like when I did that, like, I was hoping like that would have been the greatest story of all. Like the guy breaks in my restaurant, I hire him a job and forgive him. Like I, I was hoping, but either one, he never came back or, or um, he just 
maybe came back and saw that letter and, and decided not to break in again and felt bad for me. I don't know, but yeah. I was hoping that he would have took me up on the offer. Right. But unfortunately, there's a lot of a lot of people now, like I, don't, you know, there's opportunists. Like I feel like all the riots that happened in the last couple of years had nothing to do with like Floyd, um, and it was just more of just an opportunity to loot, you know, which mm-hmm. is kind of kind of crazy to me. Yeah, there's definitely like pressures and stresses like bubbling over for certain things, looking mm-hmm. for an outlet. Um, and, and sometimes it's not always for the right reasons, which is always tough. Um, you definitely got a couple of mad respects here. AJ says mad respect. You guys are great. You also got one here from a Jamie. I'm going to mess this up. I'm sorry, brother. Jamie Tatenko says mad respect, bro, which is awesome. Alpha MTB says much respect, brother. Love that you did that. You know, that, that is, that is really cool. And obviously for the restaurant, your food is so great and so good. Like you said, if they're talented, if they have drive, if they're trying to change things, having that on their resume that they were once locked up isn't something that's going to turn them away from from you. You're going to yeah. see you're going to see that second chance and uh, the fact that they have experience, which is amazing. Um, go ahead, Tommy. Well, I was going to say like like a lot of times like these the these guys that um they get out or whatever they don't have. Um, they don't have the opportunity to get a job or it's hard for them to get a job because of their criminal record, you know? Mm-hmm. And as much as they, you know, I I would say the like, unfortunately, the majority of people that get out end up committing crimes and go back in. But there's a small percentage of people that don't want to go back to that lifestyle. They don't want to gangbang and they don't want to go back to drugs. They don't want to commit crimes. They don't want to go back, period. They just want a legitimate life um but it's really hard for them to do that because like no employer everybody wants a background check and all that stuff so um it's hard for them as much as they want to um they can't get a job so now what you know they they just go back to life of crime um so that's why for me it's like i like if somebody really wants it like i'll give them that opportunity you know and mm-hmm. some of the people that I gave the opportunity with, like, they didn't last long. Like, I, again, I, I'm not going to, it's not a charity. Like, th- they have a job, they have to beat it on time, and I'll give them a couple warnings and then I'll fire them, you know? So it's not like, hey, um, you know, just show up and I'm going to coddle you, whatever, because you've been locked up and I understand. No, it's like, this is your job. You got to show up on time. And if they're late, I go, okay, well, that that that's how it works. You know, there's traffic, whatever. Just make sure, you, you know, leave earlier. And things like that but um uh it's just i i i like i think most people just want to do do right but sometimes they don't have the opportunity to do that so yeah. if i'm able to provide that then i'm i'm stoked about that yeah that's really cool that's really cool um let's bring mario back on the show uh joey and uh let's talk about uh, obviously mario when you went when you went offline there for a second, Mario and I were talking, and you guys are are similar with the backgrounds. You guys have talked about that, and Mario is actually putting out a new product that's um, hitting it out there. And it's uh, Mario. Let the folks know what you're working on. Yes, it's uh, it's just a basically good hot sauce. It's uh, one's a jalapeno, one's an original, and then one's a spicy habanero. It's a family um recipe, I would say. 
six locations, San Pedro Fish Market. Um, been around since 1956. Dang, um, it's been in your family for that long. Yeah. Wow. Brother, my brother-in-law's um, his great grandfather. There it, it is. There. There it is, right San there. Pedro fish Market. So of those, have Tommy, me have, have you tried all of those? I'm, I'm assuming you must have. Yeah. Yeah. Which one would you recommend to somebody looking for some hot sauce? They're all, they're all really good, but the green one's, the green one's good. Yeah. That one's your favorite mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. Dang. Mario, when you put this together, when you and your family put this together and you got it out there, uh, obviously this is also a labor of love coming from your family. Did you have one that was like your favorite one of those, or do you use I, one for each? I mix some. <laughs> I kind oh, of yeah. mix some. I like to mix the the green, the jalapeno with the habanero. It's a little spicy and everything too, but it has a good. It has a good ratio. Dang. Um, and then there's the the seasoning rub, and there's a good fish rub that we use the French fries, garlic bread, and of course the seafood. And then the the jars, the michelada mix, of course, to add with the beer. That's a, a michi mix. Dang, That's good stuff. Dang, dang. And right now, the the place you can get it is at the San Pedro Fish Mar San Pedro Fish Market or San Any Pedro. Any of the locations, yeah. Gotcha. On, on online or any of the six locations. I work on each location, so I don't know if anybody in that area. Uh, pretty much there the week. Pretty cool. We just had our two-year anniversary there. We made it through COVID like Tommy and everybody was tough, but dang. Tough. Dang, you guys, entrepreneurs, man, and, and tough. Obviously, amazing writers, uh, amazing life stories, resilient guys, talented writers. Um, Tommy and Mario, if if a kiddo falls upon this episode and they, they're in that time of life where things are falling apart it's rough um and they really feel it in their heart to change what's something that you guys would be able to say to that person to help them get to that other side um what i'll go first um what i would say is basically just have fun don't worry about the next person being better or a different color or a different type of, you know, energy. Just, it's it's a good community. Just communicate, just go out there, have fun, and everything will fall into place, you know, just, there's no, there's no room for, there's no room for hatred. It's all about having fun and just learning from each other. Nice. I like that, Mario. Mm -hmm. That's good. That takes a lot of the stresses and anxieties away and just enjoying what we have out there on and off the bike, which is exactly. great. It's awesome. Tommy, what about you? What would you say to a kiddo who may be in a, a bad place but trying to look I, at better days? I would say, like, you know, like, just um, I would say that, like, God always has um, a plan, you know? And as much as things are bad at the moment, you just have to have faith in God that there's a reason why you're going through that shit that you're going through. Um, and of all like for every bad thing that happens there's a there's a reason behind it there's a lesson to be learned there's a um a like every single one of my mistakes or every bad thing comes like good from it you know sometimes it's hard to see but um i believe that um like like tough times create strong men you know 
and and I I, I believe that wholeheartedly, mm-hmm. and and so it's it's one of those things that for kids sometimes they don't really get or what or understand what's happening or whatever they tend to a lot of times feel sorry for themselves but just um try to try not to blame god i guess or or don't look at the worst and everything like just try to find the positive in things it is it, probably like one of the the biggest factors that changed my life around that's you know? awesome man love that i love that and then knowing that you can you can change you don't have to be tied to that identity that you had before you can make a change and that's okay uh trail mm-hmm. monster here is is saying tommy until i get a chance to get over and dine at your restaurant here's a little something to support my mtb brother i'm 100 percent sure mark will get it over to you thank you for sharing your story absolutely trail monster this is all going over to tommy and, and yeah this is uh, not necessary just come and support it that's, <laughs> that's <your> mark. <laughs> no, no. but uh yeah thank you so much trail monster really appreciate it tommy and mario um, I know you guys, your ride days is Mondays, Tuesdays. I'm sure an awesome video is coming up for, from these days. But uh, let everybody know, if they haven't yet already, where can they follow you guys? So my uh, YouTube channel is just my name, I guess. It's Tommy Huynh. And then my Instagram is at T underscore Rex underscore MTB. Nice. Yep, there yeah. it is. <laughs> Give these guys a follow if you haven't already. Sure. Watch, watch yeah. these guys. They are doing some amazing things in progressing. And keep in mind when they're doing these things, they've been checked over. They're they're looking at everything through safety and before they send it. And uh, 100%, I, I know that firsthand. I've ridden with Tommy at Summit, and I hadn't been out there. Tommy really told me through a bunch of stuff. He gave me a lot of good information before I was able to go down mm-hmm. those trails. Um Timothy, hey, this is definitely going to make it make that two hour drive at the restaurant. He's coming over from the Magic Mountain area, which would be Tim. You would love it. It is so good. Trail Monster says, "I'm in Arizona. Might be a while before I get out that way." (laughs) Hey, if you do, it is totally worth it. My my favorite dish is the shake and beef. Everybody, if you haven't had a chance, (laughs) you gotta get the shake and beef. I, I love the Alpha MTB says, Tommy, going to try to get out to the restaurant this weekend with the crew. Yeah, there it That'd is right cool. there. Thank you. Alpha MTB is part of the, the bomber crew. So if they oh, come yeah. in, if you see the full parking lot fill up, you know who, <laughs> you know who came, you know, who came by. Oh yeah. Uh, Tommy, where are you guys riding before we end the show? Where are you guys riding uh, tomorrow and the next day? Well, I don't know if you're allowed to say, but. Uh... Yeah. Well, tomorrow uh, is Big Booty Chris's. We're doing a birthday ride for Chris, so we're uh, going to be riding See Me tomorrow. And then um, I'm kind of sick, so I don't even know, like, how many laps I'm going to be able to do. But uh, we're going to we're gonna just go riding and, and barbecue at his, his house afterwards. So and that's a cool thing about, like, everything is, like, we're – it's like we ride, but then just just the friendship is like the brotherhood is like it's is what it's what's really cool. Yeah. yeah, I love it. The gift that we get from mountain biking and bonding with each other and progressing and that whole iron sharpens iron, you know. Yeah, hundred percent. You guys are awesome, uh, Tommy. Thank you so much for sharing your story and motivating, inspiring people here on the show today, and people who'll find the show in the future, especially the youth. I know the youth is out there. 
with everything going on right now, um, it'll be great when they find your voice and Mario's too. So thank you both for being on. Mario, where can people, again, remind people where they can buy the hot sauce? Uh, SanPedroFishMarket.com, online, basically, and anywhere on the, on the internet. But they have like they have like a, a bunch of restaurants throughout Southern California. Yes, Marl's works in the one in Long Beach. That's a really nice one. That I used to go to that one a lot, and then they have a nice one, a huge one in San Pedro. But is. yeah, mm -hmm. locations. Excellent, excellent guys. Give that hot sauce a chance. Uh, you will love it as well as hit up Monarch Nine if you're in the area. Southern California area riding. Say hi to Tommy. Most likely the boys will be in there. Tommy for sure is always around. And uh, try the try the, all the dishes, but the shake and beef would be my recommendation <laughs> for you all. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you all so much for being on the episode. Uh, Tommy and Mario, great to see you guys. Sweet. Be safe. Have fun tomorrow. And thanks for being right. on the show. Thanks, dude. All right. Thank you. Thank Later you. Guys. Right, see right, you guys. Bye. Tomorrow. Yep. Hey. Later. Dang, folks, there we are. Episode 60 is in the can. Special thank you again to Tommy Huynh and Mario D for sharing their story and being a part of the episode. I really appreciate it. And if you are um, a person out there who is looking to make changes, obviously change is not easy. It takes a lot of hard work. But as you can see here through Tommy and through Mario, it can be done. So if you just need to put yourself to it, do it. Also, if you need support from somebody who is making great choices, please reach out to that person as it always takes a crew or a squad to help get you to the other side. Thanks again to the supporters of the segment podcast. Thank you so much to YT Industries, Tasco, Afton Shoes, Goop Industries, Spy Optic, as well as Better Bolts, betterbolts.com. Thank you all so much for tuning in as always. Find something that you love to do. Be passionate about it. Put your hard work into it. And hey, all of that is always going to pay off. All right, everybody. See you out on the trails and on the next episode.